0: Welcome to the House Republican Retreat. I'm Jake Sherman with Punchbowl News. You're getting gray. I am getting gray. Thank, thank you for the update. Uh, and this is Kevin McCarthy, who just noticed I'm getting gray. Uh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Is it children or the job? The it's the children and the job.
1: My daughter always tells me she looks back. What's she's, it for
0: you? She's, <laughs> it's the
1: members. No. Um, my daughter always says I didn't start going gray until I until we had her, but I went gray early on.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going gray early too, not in my 20s. Um, okay, so these retreats always have a theme. Some are more topsy-turvy than others. Um, I've been at ones where you had immigration policy and all sorts of other disagreements. What's the theme of this retreat now that we're, I guess, a day and a half in?
1: Well, you tell me too. you got a lot of people here that are reporting on it. I think this retreat's pretty united. And so if you look at it in an internal... Um, Eternal answer from a Republican view. Very united as a conference. If there's a theme throughout, of, when you look at from the political to the policy to the challenges of what's happening, is really is, can we afford it? Can we afford the Democrats' policy that's bringing us inflation? Can we afford their policy that brought us high gas prices? Can we afford? Um, their policy when it comes to defunding the police and now we have crime. Can we afford their immigration policy? Now we have more fentanyl in this country that is the number one killer, anyone by the ages of 18 to 45 in America. Can we afford their foreign policy, which is continuing to change? I think that's gonna be a theme that sustains itself between now and the election.
0: Let's talk about the election for a second. Um, So two questions, I'll ask them sequentially, not together. Uh, How many, so you've, you've been right on this. I'll give you credit for that. Uh, 31 democratic retirement. You
1: say that so fast. You, you should go. So, you earned
0: credit on this because <laughs> you
1: were right. Okay.
0: You, you no, were, you're
1: at 32 now.
0: 32 cause every uh, day there's right, another yeah. one. Yeah. So you need to keep. So that. what do you think they'll get to? What do you think their number will be? I think the
1: number will be between 35 and 40 of Democrats who will not run for re-election.
0: and sitting here today. Um, you are and what? i
1: predicted that
0: last year you did right? i'll give you you've, you've earned credit on that okay, too i guess thank you, thank you. um how many seats do you so you're five seats from the majority right yes so you need to net five six five seats to win the majority how many and you can't say you don't know you can't you have to give a range or an exact figure or else no, or else you get a, okay uh,
1: let's talk about it for a moment. Um, it's not going to be an election of 2010 where we win 63 seats. Technically, we won 67 seats, but we lost a few. So it ended up at 63 in 2010. And the reason why, we were sitting at 178. We've already won a great number of those. We're sitting at 213 with the three openings. Um... In the last election cycle, when you
0: would predict that we would lose seats... I did. You, pr- yeah, I think you also predicted you would lose seats last, last no, election cycle. No, I didn't. Cycle. Bresnahan
1: oh. came in and said, oh, well, can you still be leader after you lose 20 seats? You all interviewed me that way. Um, it was the first time since 94 not one incumbent lost. But we had 30 seats that Democrats sat in that Trump won. And in this cycle... You know, you got five states that aren't done with redistricting yet, some very big ones. I know Ohio had a little discussion day, but Florida and others. Um, you're only gonna have about 13. So the play this time, there's fewer, there's fewer competitive seats in the old nature. So we're gonna have to be winning seats in Democrats' areas. That's why retirements matter more. Um, if we win 18 seats, that's equal to 1994. If we win 33 seats, that could be the largest in, in like 90 some years. Um, I'm really looking at what is that final number? Can we get a strong enough majority that we can govern strongly? And so after those
0: five. And what is that number?
1: Uh, th- you can't give a number right now because you still have states to redistrict and you, d- you don't know where it's at. I- I'll make this one predict. We're going to win the majority and it's not going to be a five
0: seat majority. Right. So you think you'll win at least I don't know. 10 seats? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Do you. Um, one of the. So there's two you probably have two weaknesses right now, which is number one, the election isn't today. You have six months or whatever, whatever is until election day. And number two, the map is smaller than before, way smaller than before. I mean, not only because of redistrict, I mean, primarily because of redistricting, you have fewer competitive seats than ever before. I mean, that's you, you touched on this before. You said you need to win in Democrat district, Democratic districts, but, I mean, talk about that for a minute. What kind of challenges? Look, do those this, re- el-
1: this election, I call it a 50-year election. It, it, won't, it won't come around like this in the House, and it doesn't affect the Senate because it's a combination where you've never seen numbers like this and do it in a year that there's redistricting. And in this redistricting is pretty much a wash, but what it's done is narrowed the number of competitive seats. Having said that, if you look at New Jersey and Virginia, you wouldn't say those were competitive states. Yet those have always been early indicator of what's happened in the House. But Biden won Virginia by 10 and they flipped the governor race, the uh, constitutional officers and the House there. And then if you look at New Jersey by winning the number two coming close in the governor's race, you should really look at and compete against any Democrat that sits in a seat that Biden won with 15 points or less. And if you look at the numbers and you really look at that Wall Street Journal recent poll there, there's some amazing numbers in there whereas the Hispanic population is favoring Republicans by nine I mean there's a number of there's a number of measures you want you want to look at the generic ballot you want to look at intensity you want to look at retirements um, and so there is a place that we will we will be competing in these in these seats that in a normal cycle you wouldn't think it's a competitive seat but in this
0: cycle it can be like who give me a seat
1: well, Look, I, I I think you can look to New Hampshire. Um, we've never won one in Massachusetts. I would love to win one back there. Um I don't need to tell the Dems all where we're going, but they'll look, see. we 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 we
0: we <laughs> they'll put get, they'll get we put 70
1: Democrats up that we want to play in their races and I think we we're going to get have more resources this time to do that.
0: I want to dig in on on if you win the majority. So let's you, you in 2010 I'd say the the defining characteristic was cutting spending. That was the big that was the big message in 2010. Where were the jobs yeah. and spending? Right. So you said we can't afford it. Give us some give, give me another what is that, that that defining issue for you guys that's akin to cutting spending? Is there is there one single thing that you that you're looking
1: Well, at? when they watch about if you really think when the Democrats got that one party rule and they went out with going Taking that two trillion dollars, that was really the push to inflation. It was too much money out there, and maintaining paying people more to stay home than to work. You know, and it wasn't just Republicans warning them that that was a bad move. And you could take a clip or a headline where I say back in 2020. This is going to be wasteful spending. Then you look today, what what they spent it on, crazy stuff. Um, you could also see where they paid prisoners. The the Boston bomber got a check? I'm not sure if Madoff got one. I think one.
0: He didn't at the end, but yeah.
1: Well, he they sent it to him. But the challenge here is even Larry, even Larry Summers told him this would bring inflation, and they yelled at him. Everybody warned him, and that was the start. So the fundamental is that the wasteful spending will be a play. But really, it's inflation, and what people need to worry about, gasoline prices high create inflation everywhere. Because what you really do in a country with inflation, it's it's the cost of electricity and the cost of labor which drives whether you're competitive or not. Labor's a little harder for us, but now electricity, so transportation where else, but Oil goes into so much more, it goes into your clothing, it goes into your phone, it goes into the asphalt, it goes into the ink and your printing, so it's raising the price on everything. And then when you look what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, they supply 30% of the grain. Remember what how Arab Spring started. I mean, what you're going to have coming shortly is, we already have rising prices when it comes to food. It's going to be really bad. And when you go to a um, poorer country, they may be able to drive less, but they can't not not eat. And so this is going to create real havoc um, throughout the world and a real driver in here,
0: too. What's the first bill a House Republican majority would consider?
1: Well, our very first day is rules, Okay, We're no longer going to do proxy voting. People are going to be there. Um, Bills are going to go through uh, committees.
0: I've heard that before.
1: Well, you'll watch. I mean, look, look at what they have done now. I mean, they literally just write a bill and then they proxy vote it through. They they, they waive four months of going there. We, we'll take away, of course, the magnetometers. If they want to leave one in, in their leader's office, we'll leave it for them. Um, but, I mean, we're going to open the house back up for the people and for the press. Um, but we have a long list you'll see from... Economic issues. From, give me
0: one. Give me one bill that you'd consider. Well,
1: one through two. Energy independence, because that will drive a lot to lower the price. You're going to get an energy independence bill. You're going to get parents' bill of rights that's already out there. You're gonna get uh, securing the border, going after fentanyl. Um, there's gonna be a long list. That's what we're gonna have the commitment to America. You'll have one through 10. Then you're also gonna have a number, how do we hold this administration accountable? There's a number of places we're gonna find where the origins of COVID came from. How did we? How they make those decisions in Afghanistan? They brought 13 more gold star families. The attorney general, what made him go after parents as terrorists? Well, we have people on the terrorist watch list coming through the border um how did that all happen what what did the secretary of education do in that process how did they get that letter um there's a lot of things you want to look at to hold them accountable in the process
0: do you um would you are you going to change the committee structure at all
1: yeah you know um i look at this and i think in three columns okay as the leader job i look at how do we win the majority recruiting and raising money okay What will we do with the majority? That's what we're spending a lot of time here, that's what we've done for the last year. Um, The commitment to America, the policy. I I think elections should be contrast. I think you should tell the public what you will do uh, if you were to get the majority. And I think contrast elections make a country stronger because they can say yes or no which direction they want to go. And then the last column I look at is really I'm a believer that structure dictates behavior. If we just took the majority and we kept Congress as the same structure as today, I think be—I think we would fail to be dysfunctional. L- let me give you some ideas. Um, if you really want to get a handle on our budget, we shouldn't really be doing 10-year budgets. You can't balance, a, the debt's so large, you can't do it in 10 years, so why don't you look at 20 years? And if you do a budget in 20 years, hold to it in the path of where you go. I just took a group of members to MIT, um, looking at a number of different things. And the reason why I chose this, and Caltech said they'd help. Stanford said they'll help. Um, when I look at Intel and armed services, Intel has become political. We want to stop that being political. We, they, they missed what was happening in Afghanistan. They missed Ukraine. There's so many stuff that they missed in that part. But MIT developed a, a course for our generals in the military so SoCal. It's a six-week course, and it, talk, it talks about AI and quantum. Whichever country has that first is gonna be ahead of the others. And you have got military people moving every two years, but think about it, here we got a government, and here we got an intel committee in armed service that should be investing in certain things, but we all should be at a certain level. If I'm fortunate enough to be speaker, I'll require on these committees, Republican and Dem, they take this course. And the idea, we were sitting at, at, at MIT, They'll go there for, like, three days over a weekend, and then they could take it by Zoom, the others. But Republicans and Democrats together, it'd be less political. They'll know where our strengths, where our weaknesses are, what we should be investing in. Then I look at, like, financial services. Can we do some things on crypto and others? How do we raise the bar? And then I'm looking at a course that everybody in Congress can take. How do we raise the knowledge so we're, we're doing the right things. I, I, I think it will take politics out of it, and remember, government's designed to find compromise, and I think we could find compromise here. I look at um, opening up a maybe a select committee on China, um, and it, from this perspective, what China has done in these five-year plans They've gone after our critical minerals. They've gone after medical supplies and others. What are those industries that we're more beholden, especially within a supply chain, what we'd work upon is um, focusing here. And we could do it not in a manner that's a ratio real high for a majority and minority, keep it very close so it's really focused on not politics, but one American policy. And and where where we've been at a disadvantage, we flip-flop between administrations for China and China just waits us out and they go after, like somebody wants to go and do a, a lot of renewables, well, the, your money's all going to China. Um, I'm a free marketer, but they come in and dump in industries, right? When we went through COVID, um, we were beholden to them in so much. And so how do we transform that looking at and going forward? You're
0: gonna keep the January 6th committee?
1: I don't know if it's still around by then or not.
0: Well, okay, let's assume it is still around. Do you want to keep it?
1: Okay, look, in the manner that it is today, no. I do want to know the the thing they won't look at. What was Speaker Pelosi saying to the Sergeant of Arms? why can't we look at that? Why can't we know whether she denied the National Guard for being there? We want to make sure that January 6th never happens again, that that capital is prepared, and that never takes place again. So we'll see what um, where we are at that moment.
0: Let's talk about tech for a second. I think that's one of the defining issues of this incoming it's one majority. one of
1: our biggest ones here, conversations.
0: So what is um, – I get the sense that, that tech – doesn't have any idea what a Republican majority would mean for it, the big companies and mm-hmm. things of that nature. I mean, give, give what is your headline when you think about those big companies? What what is coming their way?
1: It's going to level the playing field, um, and it, it's not just about deplatforming conservatives. It's deplatforming financial too. I mean, look for a moment where on GoFundMe. They put a GoFundMe for anything, but if they think it's conservative, then they think they can't send the money. And then you have a banking, a bank that says, if you gave money to this, you no longer can bank with us. You, Who said that? Yeah. Uh, it's a national bank. They went to a few of their customers and said, if you gave to the truckers, you can't. I mean, they're playing politics, and they they use this whole approach. And this is where the Democrats have been wrong. You ask why the gasoline price is so high. I remember Roe connor last year bringing in all the major CEOs, asking them if they would lower production next year like Europe. Well, we don't want to put our position, our place and our weakness in a position like Europe did, but that's exactly what they were requesting. And then what we watch, they go, they, when they, the bankers go before um, financial services, they ask them, are you putting any money into um, energy industry? I mean, and they're utilizing this to go after conservatives Um
0: so you the think tech you'll have big CEOs in and, and grill them in a similar manner? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: I don't know if we have to have the CEOs in and write a bill that uh, levels a playing field. I mean, look, you also have to look at monopolies. If 90% of all your searches go through one search engine, is that a monopoly? Um, if you're watching that, you've been protected. That would be Google. Yeah, and if, you, if, you, if you're using a platform and, and you're picking and choosing what somebody can say on it, you shouldn't have liability protection.
0: And, that, and so you're referring, in this case, to Twitter and Facebook.
1: Yeah, Section 230. I mean, if you want to pick it. And then you have to look at these companies. How is their practice, especially with a smaller company, coming out? You know, um, Before Google, we had a lot of different search engines. But the competition now, how do they perform and how do they play? We want competition out there whether somebody else can create a platform as well and have just as much right.
0: What do the tech people say to you? I mean, do they, do they, do you, do you get the sense that Well, it's interesting.
1: Remember, as majority leader, I brought all the CEOs in first. Yeah. I was the first one to bring them in. And what's interesting, every time you'd bring one of these CEOs in and you'd talk to them on the phone, you would to talk to them beforehand, and I would raise the concerns as, oh, no, Kevin, that's really not happening. That's not happening. Oh, it's an algorithm, so it couldn't do that. Well, who writes an algorithm? A human writes an algorithm. You can make an algorithm do anything you want to do. And you know what would happen the night before they were to testify? They put the press release out that said they were sorry, yeah, that happened. You know? And, it, and what's really frustrating that base is once you had one party control, they, they felt as though they wanted to play their politics with their company and that's not the platform for it. And if they want to do that to individuals and they do it on both sides, the individual should have a right of action. And so we're looking at ways that, that's something that Kathy McMorris-Rogers and Jim Jordan's been working on. I think we'll, that will be in the commitment to America and that'll be one of the first things we do as well.
0: Okay, so I think people want to socialize, so I'll ask you one last question. Are you, do These you think? These people
1: don't even look like they want to socialize. They want yeah, to well, sit together.
0: Trust me, they do. Okay. They're just being polite. Uh, do you, will someone run against you for speaker and you're pretty confident you're gonna win?
1: You know, I, I don't know if they do or don't, but I, I, think, I think it'll be a little different. I don't think they will at the end of the day. Uh, in every Congress, you have, a, you have a vote for speaker, minority, majority. In the last vote, in modern history, there's never been a Republican that got all the Republicans to vote for them, right, for speaker? I did.
0: You're saying, oh, when you were in the minority. Just last? Yeah.
1: Just a year and a half, a year ago. Yep. And so, look. I well, think at the, the end of the a little day, bit
0: different when you're in the majority. At the but. end of
1: the day, I believe this from the minority to the majority, and and this is why it's different within the 50-year too. This is different that we're in the majority, and you're handing the gavel off to another Republican. Um, I think whoever is in the minority and minority, if you're a minority leader at the day of the election, and you win and you win the majority. You're probably going to be the speaker. They're not going to change the coach between the playoff and the Super Bowl. Uh, doesn't mean they won't hold my feet to the fire and hold me well, the to make it they tough will. on me. They will, but that that's that I know that, but. I think we're more united. We're more focused. See
0: John and Ryan Paul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were there, but they slowly go down. I mean, I've learned from the other mistakes. All
0: right. Thank you. Thank you very much.